Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today will be part two of our interview with Ben Stagner. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. here on the Working Tools Podcast. I'm very worshipful brother, Matt Apple. I'm a Mason here in the jurisdiction of Washington. And I'm joined today by one of our usual hosts, uh, very worshipful brother, David Colbeth. Uh, Steve and Connor couldn't be here this evening. And we have a special guest today, worshipful brother, Ben Stagner, who's the sitting worshipful master of University Lodge 141 and a tattoo artist here in the Seattle area. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. I was going to correct you last time. You keep forgetting to say very worshipful Matt Apple. But yeah, then, yeah. He, then he says very worshipful David Colbert. And I, I don't care either way. So if you're not going to introduce <laughs> yourself as very, you don't introduce me as very. Well, you're, you're clearly verier than I am. So <laughs> I'm just more of a has-been than you. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, worshipful brother Ben, if, uh, as I said in our last episode, one of the reasons why we, we had you here today is because I had seen your um, presentation over at, at Shoreline Lodge on the working tools of the, the tattoo artist. And so um, since we have you here today, would you mind doing that presentation for us? Sure, sure. I'd love to. If I can get uh, the PowerPoint show here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, um, of course, going through my degrees and, and learning about the working tools of a mason, um, I noticed just a lot of parallels as far as, uh, well, I, let me put it this way. The more you start find the working tools of a mason, I think, depending on what you do for a living, I think you start seeing working tools around things you, in everyday life that you're around. Um, and, in, and I just kind of one degree, got, got a little bored one day, I suppose, or just got inspired. But I, I started looking at my, my machine, as you can see here, and started breaking it down to kind of make my own working tools of that. Um, so as you can see, there's the machine itself. There's the tube, which you hold on to while you're, while you're tattooing. And then you have the needle bar and needles that are, that are assembled there. Now, traditionally, you're looking at a, this, this right here is a traditional machine. Um, this machine has been around, this kind of design has been around for over 100 years. Uh, and it's basically kind of like a, uh, like a doorbell or one of those, the big ringing bells where you run electricity through it. And up on the top, it charges through two coils, which mag, uh, become basically mag magnets and pull down it's right below the, the line that leads to machine right below that is an armature bar <clears throat> and then right above it that one little uh, piece yep right right there uh, there's another little piece above it that as makes contact for the electricity to go through and when that breaks uh, the armature bar goes back up and then it charges and goes back down and that's how you get your in and out for the, the needle basically um, but I broke the, broke them into three different basic working tools the machine itself, uh, traditionally made by hand by another, um, 
I'm sorry, I'll go and just read yeah, what I have down. Uh, the machine, as operative tattoo artist, the machine is the core and base of tattooing, made by hand by a master tattoo artist for the specific and personal use of the artist that uses it. It alludes to the core of who we are, specifically built by the grand architect. Unlike any other, we are built with purpose and unique potential. Uh, machines are used, typically made by hand by master uh, tattoo artists. Uh, I've got every machine that I have is made by hand by, by a different person that I highly respect and, and I've gotten to know. Um, one that I'm very proud of is actually from Japan from a shop called Ink Rat Tattoo. Uh, I'd written them a... Sorry about that. Um, a fellow from Japan that I had been kind of respecting since I was just out of high school. Uh, I wrote him a letter over Facebook Messenger, and then two days later, they wrote me back and sent me a machine. It was kind of like writing your, uh, your favorite rock star and getting a guitar from them. Nice. Uh, so is it literally, are they literally smithed by, the, by an artist, or is it more pieces put together, which is still very cool. But is it, I mean, I, I would imagine, I can just, I can imagine this guy having a little forge and, you know, smithing a little, you know, the, the bends and the curves and the art, artistry or whatever. It is not, it is not unlike that, to be honest. Um, the frame for the machine itself is usually molded or cut or, or actually, um, usually they'll make a, what was a casting and then actually make a ton of those. Um, the cores are made by hand. Uh, the springs are cut from spring stock and bent to a very specific degree. Uh, it's, it's all made by hand. That's awesome. So is, I was curious, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but the, the natural state of the spring and the needle, is, an, is the natural state down or up? So when electricity is applied, is it forcing it down or forcing it up to release uh, In it? this case, it's, it's forcing it down. Um, so you see there's like two little cylinders that are inside the machine. Uh, those are your coils. So if you remember back in high school or back in science class when you had a, a battery and two wires and you put the wires on each end of the battery, it would magnetize them and you could pick up paper clips. That's essentially what's going on here. The, the two uh, cylinders underneath are just long, big coils of wire and that's what gets magnetized and pulls the armature bar down. Um, and the spring that's connected to the frame is what pops it back up once the connector connection breaks on the, on the upper uh, spring that's above the armature bar. Very cool. Um, but again, like, a, like the machine, I've, I viewed it more as, yeah, the core of who we are. Um, we're all unique. We're all built differently. We all come from different creeds, race, uh, creeds and religions and ethnicities, and, and we're all very unique and special and, and built for our, our own unique potential and then uh, but yeah um that's that's kind of that's the machine aspect of it and then the tube itself uh used by operative tattoo artists to have a firm hold of the machine assembly as a whole to direct the ink to the skin it alludes to our personalities and character to be ever strong so we may have a clean and firm grip on ourselves when directing our actions um that's yeah, that's pretty explanatory for that one. It's it's our personalities, which you know we that we craft over time, um, and our our personalities are. When people meet us, are we? Do we communicate well? Do we uh, do we present ourselves so that we're welcoming in when people see us or the way we behave? Um, and in a more specific nature, the uh, the needle bar needles. Through that comes. 
our thoughts, our actions. Uh, the operative needle bar needles are handcrafted with precision and optimal sharpness to get clean and permanent tattoos. This alludes to our thoughts, opinions, and actions that they may be, be assembled with thoughtfulness, consideration, due diligence, and, only, and that only after may we make impactful and long-lasting marks in the lives of those we love and those around us. Uh, I think this was kind of, this was when I was coming up with this, this was just kind of the, the main point, I suppose pun intended, um, for this, because it is, I, I think one, one great thing that I really enjoy and love about masonry is how much we push ourselves to, to be uh, as well-rounded as we can be to, to want to hear and discover different perspectives, different, uh, different per, uh, points of view and grow from that. Um, and I think especially in, in, I would say this day and age when there's a lot more, uh, how, how would you say, <laughs> a lot more opportunities to share uh, your opinions and thoughts and, and actions that that we you know do so we educate as much as we can over over what it is that we're passionate about so that when we do talk it's 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 something that can make a very permanent impact on somebody but in the most positive manner that we can um, and I think that that's that's something that I I get from masonry and that I, I found a way to translate that through through creating these working tools based off the tattoo equipment. That's awesome. So the, what we're looking at right now is the overall picture of the machine, if you call it, and it has the upper armature. Uh, is, there, is there one on both sides, that, that swooping, uh, I don't know what that's called, the arm, if you will, or armature? Is there, is there just one of those J-hook J type armatures, or is, it just, or is there one on each side of the machine, the, the upper part? Sorry, where the, I don't even know what, the, I apologize. I'm not even using the right terminology, but... Yeah. <laughs> On the upper side, well, it kind of makes a J, you know, I'm looking at there. I would say, um, well, I, I apologize for those who are, who are just able to listen to this podcast and we can't show the, uh, the picture. But if you point to, okay, so we have the armature bar right there. And then if you follow past the machine where there's a screw right there, that's connected to what's called a spring stock. And it's connected to the machine, or sorry, it's connected to the frame there and to the armature bar. And it's and what's... So the J hook thing is the armature bar. Is that what you would call that? That's that's the frame. Okay. That so the, touch, the J bar is not the, touching the, the frame. armature bar. Okay. Yeah, the armature frame. bar is only connected to the back part of the frame. Yeah. And is it just one side? Is the frame one side, or is there a frame on the other side too? Just, just the one side. Just the one side. Okay. I, I was thinking as you were talking about the needle, the point, and the tube forms a circle. If you consider some symbolism in masonry, the point within a circle, if you were to if you were to take a cross section of the tube and the needle, would form a point within a circle. That's nice. I didn't think about that. <laughs> right I, so I was trying to I was trying to see is there if there was two sides to the to the armature to the frame, would that then develop the parallel lines? So you're keeping this design and these thoughtful actions and all the all the I mean this is amazing. All the cool symbolism that you've already put in the thought process in there dives into the point within a circle. <laughs> yeah, that, I I like that very much. It's even, that's great. Uh, there actually that makes me think too because uh, it doesn't show it on the picture here, but uh, usually what you do to hold that armature bar or sorry, I'm so sorry, what you do to hold the um, the needles into one spot is there's actually a rubber band that goes around uh, the whole frame and the uh, and the needle bar to hold it in place. 
which could be emblematic of another aspect of holding ourselves to accountability. Maybe, sure. Let me know stray. That's cool. Matt, can you go through the, the language again? I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I just had him, I wanted him to advance to see it. Cause I don't have this. I should probably have had you send me this text so I could read it separately. And Oh yeah. Sorry. I probably that, no, that's okay. That's him. okay. I, I love the idea. I love, I love when guys take the ideas of masonry and make it their own. That's to me, that's what masonry is real about and how you can, like you said, you, you go into work every day and now these tools are the symbols of, to you of masonry. And, you know, a lot of us don't look at a hammer the same way. Don't look at a trowel the same way. Don't look at all of our symbols, all of our things. If I, if I look at a level, I know it's a level, but it has a whole different meaning to me now. And I don't ponder on that when I need the level, I need the level. I just need, <laughs> but, but I love the idea of taking the concepts of masonry and putting them into your own essentially daily life to help yeah. you bring those spiritual ideas to yourself and and more, give more meaning to them to your to your to you and that's i think that and i i will say that i really appreciate this uh being well thought through and serious you know, i've seen things like on facebook of you know the working tools of the mason or the knife and the fork and the green bean or whatever and you're just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> this has a is definitely more uh meaningful to to i mean even heck to me who's a not a tattoo person so yeah. Well, I think when I first came up with this, and especially for the presentation, the goal was to get uh, really to get a conversation going, um, whether it be the tools of, of a tattoo artist or the tools of a, uh, somebody who works at Amazon or works at trade or, or anything, even if you uh, I don't know, flip burgers, like you find something that a way of, oh, excuse me, um, a way of, of just creating something for yourself, something that, that would inspire you to, to start pushing and thinking a little bit harder. Because I think uh, whatever we do, it can sometimes be easy to get, get comfortable in, in the day-to-day -day aspect of things. But if you get something extra, some sort of form of inspiration, and, and Freemasonry is definitely that for me, as well as tattooing. You know, I just wanted to share that with, with brothers and see what, what they could come up with. And it's been interesting traveling to different lodges and seeing what what they do say and, and how it inspires them to think more or just what ideas they, they come up with. So did you develop this uh, right after you became a master Mason or sometime when, as you were growing up the line or how, when did you put this together? Uh, well, actually funny thing is this isn't my first talk uh, tattoo related with masonry. Um, uh, Dan Bourne was master of our lodge a few years back and he had, right when I had first started uh, first became a, a Mason and he had asked me to do a, a talk on, Freemason tattoos, and I looked it up, did as much research as I could, but it's still, I mean, for, relative to the to the to the age of to how how old masonry is, tattooing is, is quite new. Um, even like like Brother Matt said before, uh, it's it's brothers getting masonic tattoos is still relatively new. Um, and so I didn't really find much of an inspiration there. So my first talk was actually just how to get a tattoo, um, and how to make sure that when we go to go get a tattoo, we're we're looking at getting the best artwork that we can to reflect our, our love for, for masonry itself. Um, but the more, it was actually years later, uh, I was having a, I knew there was something there. I knew that I, I wanted to do something um, for it. I was just having a hard time. And then I, I think it was at the Pasco leadership conference that I was at. Uh, I heard about the, uh, 
the railroad degree, I believe. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it got me thinking, okay, okay, and more parallels. And it took another year for that. And I think one night I was, uh, <laughs> I was in Seattle. I was uh, stopped at a bar to, to have a drink and, and it then it just hit me of creating working tools. And then the more I sat there, the more I started like, okay, this machine, what could that be? Um, okay, that's who we are as a whole. What about the tube? And, and one thing, we joke around in the tattoo industry, but there really is the art of BSing. <laughs> and um, it really, it's, it's, it, you know, you want to get somebody excited about their tattoo idea, no matter how simple an idea it is, you, you want them to be excited about it. You want to uh, convey excitement about it and get them pumped for it. Even if it's a simple idea, you want to get that idea as grand as you can. So that was just coming out as, uh, as I was thinking about the, the, uh, the, the tube and the, the needle bar and the machine. And the more I was just writing stuff down, the more it actually got more serious and the more I was dialing it in to, to actually be something I, I had, I didn't realize I had a message I really wanted to convey. Um, and so the more I was looking at it, the more I started kind of trimming the fat and, and it came down to these, these three ideas that I, I actually find a really uh, dear to me, uh, a reason why I love masonry. I mean, the masons that I have met, one of the reasons I, I'm inspired and to share that. That's awesome. I just was reading the text again on the tube and the idea of the, the point within a circle, you could still elude. I mean, the, the, the Holy Saints Johns are, are the idea of the boundaries, right? Uh, of the edges of the circle. It, there's lots of theories. We, we could have a whole conversation, a whole, a whole show on the point within a circle and what those all symbolism means, but... <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> I think we have. That is episode. No, I don't know what episode it was. Uh, go back and find it. But I love how the wording you say that to have a clean and firm grip on ourselves when directing our actions. And that's exactly what the lines, according to our normal theory, what our ritual, our ritual says about the, the St. John's is the idea of the, is to, is to help us be within those due bounds, right? And to keep that circle. Everybody's circle, everybody's due bounds are different. The circle could be bigger or smaller for some people, but it's with it's our own. It's within our own actions, and so having our own grip, essentially, your fingers become that the parallel lines as you have gripped the tube or gripped the machine and are using that. Uh, I, I I love it. I love it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I need to reach one one quick second. I'm going to disappear just for a second here. No worries, no worries. A little ad lib. I uh, made the mistake of uh, I did not charge my iPad as much as I should have. So luckily, I've got a little battery packs so nice. and I'll real quick. So I, I I'm uh, when you mentioned what you would have worked in a motorcycle shop and that you've got. I guess it could be a tattoo vest, but a, a, a biker vest uh, of sorts on <laughs> yeah. there. Is it, uh, uh, do, you, do you have a motorcycle now or do you just work in the shop or? Uh, well, to be honest, um, I became, let's see, I became a Mason not too long after I started tattooing. Um, and like I mentioned at the, on the last episode, I had a, I'd worked at tat, uh, worked at tattoo shop when I was, when I was younger. Um, but it was really, uh, I'm going to say <laughs> I was pretty, um, quite the ruffian when I was younger um, and uh, very much not really too much aware of the consequences of. of uh, it's all right. It's not, it, it, this isn't, we're not in a, a it, there's no psycho psychological session. Oh, here, man, so don't no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, don't worry about I was, it. I was riding motorcycles. I was actually riding mopeds. 
okay. which makes the story not nearly as cool <laughs> as it could be. Uh, but what had happened was I, I had gotten into a pretty bad wreck um, on my bike. Um, and I had created this vest afterwards because I still still love the bikes, but but it, it gave me a big perspective as far as uh, your responsibility for the care of those around you and paying attention yeah. to that. And I had gotten some messages from people that were dear to me that that really let me know that that what you do can affect others and um, and that but the potential. Well, the thing that I was told basically was just that I had the potential I had that I was putting into artwork at the time was something that people really enjoy. Um, and the only way I'm going to do that and be able to do that is if I focus on it. And at the time I was writing a little, little wildly and I, I paid the price for it. And, uh, since then that was what kickstarted jumping into tattooing. Cause if I survived that, I better be doing what I, what I really wanted to do. And that was tattooing. And then that naturally led into pursuing more outside of myself, which then led into masonry. Um, but I had made this and it's, it's funny because it's, uh, it's a, it's a play on the sickle and hammer. I'm not, I don't really have any tie to Soviet Union, but I was very, it was something that I, I thought was kind of cute. And so it's, um, it's a handlebar for a moped and they have two levers that you don't find on a motorcycle. Uh, one is the clutch to engage it. So when you run the pedals, it engages and cranks the uh, motor on. And then the other is the brake and then a, a little piston. Uh, but it's always kind of funny because when actual bikers are, uh, people that I know that are serious about motorcycles come up. They're like, "Oh, nice cut, nice fast. What is it?" Like it's mopeds. Like, oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> it's us kind of fun, but it's also Ur kind of urban bikers. Because, yeah, <laughs> you can only be so cool when you're when you're pushing uh, pushing mopeds. <laughs> I like it. We, we've talked. I'm actually belonged to a, a Masonic Motorcycle Club, and we, we've we've talked about it getting making gavels out of piston heads. That was some. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm not allowed to, to weld anymore. Uh, oh no! <laughs> I, I well, I've I've got a little device here in my in my chest now, so I'm not allowed to weld. But the, the not to completely sidetrack, but the person at Boston Scientific, she said I could do it if I really wanted to, but my family and all friends say no. <laughs> so I'll have to have a buddy do it if they want to. I thought you were going to say you almost burned the garage down one time. And yeah, so now you're that's probably a better story. <laughs> <laughs> So no, I, I, it's it's cool. I, I like it, like uh, tattoos. Vests for the biker community are kind of like their their outward appearance, right? They put certain cool stuff on they think is important to them, places they've been, or ideas and same kind of idea. So I was just, just curious about the vest. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so my I I joked. Um, it's always been kind of funny because yeah, I had a little group together that we all rode around and it was always real fun and and a blast. I thought we would. Uh, form a group and but then i i got into the wreck but i was like i still want to make a vest it'll just be we'll just be a one member <laughs> one member and it was called it the uh the center stand draggers because the first moped i had because mopeds well the way that you you kick them on is you have to put it up on the center stand they don't have kickstands and you have to pedal them to get them to engage to, to rock them on and my center stand never fully flipped up so it would drag on the road when i would ride and I always had to like really kick it up hard with my foot in order to get it to go. So that was, yeah, it was the center stand draggers and the back is, um, so the back's got some scud muscles on it and some skulls and says rocket. It's, it's cheesy, but nice. I love it. I've been wearing it for years. <laughs> we, we could start a Masonic moped club. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I think the Shriners got that down over at, at the Nile. They got the mini bikes crew. 
I, I told him when I joined, I said, I, if I get a Fez, you better give me a, a stretched chopper, a little mini chopper to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Nice. Well, unfortunately, I think we've about reached that point again uh, in our, our conversation. So um, again, Ben, is there, there anything you'd like to, to plug or anything here at the end or are you? Well, just, yeah, no, come, come by the, the lodge if you like. And um, we always love to meet new visitors. University Lodge 141 Seattle in the U District area. Uh, first Monday of the month. Once we get back back up and started, hopefully hopefully soon. Um, but that's uh, if not, uh, it's always good to see Masons over Zoom. Have you have, has your lodge talked about what they're going to do for elections? Are they going to force you to stay another year and maybe actually do something for the year, or do they do you know? Man. We it's it's been talked about. Um, I know that our our my senior, my senior warden, he's, it's been his main goal to become the youngest uh, uh, master of the lodge. And so I know he's, I think this is his last year to be able to do that. Oh. Uh, so I know he's really wanting to, um, but to be honest, it'd be nice to have another crack at it, do a full year. I think our lodge is probably going to just push pause and let everybody stay. And I've heard that a lot of lodges are going to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping Grandmaster doesn't necessarily will listen to our show. He was just on our show, but uh, uh, he doesn't listen to our show. But I, I keep, I keep saying to whoever will listen, I, I think that his message should be not only does he allow for it, but I think he should recommend it because you know a lot of guys that they plan on this is their you know three, four, five at least five years or more they've been planning for this, and then now they, while Zoom is a great platform, we love it. Uh, it's, it doesn't give you the, it still not, doesn't give you the face-to-face opportunities and the things you wanted to do and goals and plans and ideas you had for your year as master. And so anyway, thanks so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed it. It was just a, what a neat presentation. Oh, thanks for having me. It was, I was honored to share it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. And so I'm Matt Apple and on behalf of David Colbeth, uh, Ben, thanks a lot for coming out uh, for two episodes now. We really appreciate your being here. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And thank you all for listening to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. Goodbye.